Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, episode 7 of the Hot Break Craft Beer Cast. Uh, we got a fun episode today. Uh, it's been a bit chaotic the past couple of days, <laughs> so we've got quite a bit to talk about. Uh, but some exciting stuff, which is very cool. Today we want to talk about the different kinds of brewers, and there's a full spectrum of brewers that are out there, but really we want to focus on the extreme ends of the spectrum. you got your technical brewer versus your social brewer. One of those can irritate me sometimes, and we'll <laughs> kind of get into that. You ready to get into it? I am ready. Let's get into it. Completely unscripted, delightfully unfiltered, and 100% fun. Sit back, relax, and get ready to have a great time as they bring you the latest in beer news, Ben M. Brewing updates, and general shenanigans. And now, your hosts, the famed brew crew. All right, Christy. Uh, we'll go ahead and, I guess, introduce ourselves, because I always forget that. I'm Brian from Benham Brewing. Uh, as always, with me, my partner in crime, Christy. Hello. Uh, it's kind of been a fun fun week, a lot of things going on. Uh, how's your week been? Like, uh, Actually, I'm sorry. i got to pause that. we got to have some beer. We need one. And then we can talk about it. Um, we got State 48 today. Yeah. Um, and this is their Sound of Freedom Mosaic Hopped IPA. I'm pretty sure that's the one I drank. When I went there, I actually went there right around New Year's or the day after New Year's um, this past year. And I was really impressed. I forgot how much I liked that place. It's more of a chain, I'd say, brewery. It's a pretty big brewery. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider it a microbrewery because there's a number of locations in Arizona. There you go. Um, you did you pour that for me because of the last time I poured on? My... You know, I want to protect <laughs> the microphones. I, I can appreciate the ASMR effect, but um, you know, this gear's not waterproof. So. <laughs> no, I I think that like they are Arizona based, but they have. No, keep talking. No, oh, I don't want to run the ASMR. Good enough. There's a big head on it, but there's no such thing as too much head, so. That's what she said. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, just a heads up. This episode is going to be all over the <laughs> it's place. It's already off the rails. <laughs> like, it is. Uh... We knew going in today was going to be a day. It's like, going to be a day. Yeah. We've gotten a lot done today. It's the end of the day. Um, we've got our, our cigars, of course, as is tradition. Um, I haven't lit mine yet. We've got our beers. You're going to have to get the thing lit for sure. But no, it's been a, it's been a, a good day. It's been a good week. A lot of very cool stuff. So yeah. cheers. cheers. Can you pass me one of the cans too? I want to like oh, yeah. talk about this a little bit. There you go. Okay. Thanks. Oops. Oh, that it's is really tasty. Good. You know what? I like the fresh hop. Like there's a very n nice fresh hop flavor. The mosaic too. really comes through in those. That's really, really nice. I do enjoy that. <clears throat> I really wish that I wasn't so blind. I can't read this. I can't, I am getting to that age, everyone, where I can't actually read this up close. It's fun. But I think that they are definitely local, right? But they are they have so many locations. that it's They have quite a few locations. I mean, they are pretty big. I don't know if they actually brew their stuff on site. They may contract through somebody else. But their beers are solid. I mean, they are pretty good. Oh, so ironically, huh. as you mentioned that, I just read on the can. Brewed and packaged by State 48 Brewery at 345 West Van Buren Street in Phoenix. Okay, so it is in Phoenix. Yeah. But they, so they have one 
location and a couple of satellite brew pubs. Yeah. Which but are, all their places are like huge. They have bowling alleys. Oh my God. The one at West giant bars is and, so crazy yes. fun. It's like got a bowling alley. Like you said, it's more of an entertainment mm-hmm. spot. And then the, another place, I don't think it's the one in Westgate, but there's another location that has like, it's uh, got a venue. It's almost like a venue for live music, but not just like going to a brewery and like yeah. a guy singing up front. It's like a full on venue. Yeah. So, and then there's one in Scottsdale by Arlo There Park. is. Oh, by the Air Park. Yeah. No, that one's a, actually, I haven't been to that one, but I've driven by it. But yeah, this is really tasty. That is good. I, I do like their beers. I enjoy that. So. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. We started out with one of the ones that we have on tap, the Prettier Fish, which as Christy says, oh, that's our flagship. Um, <laughs> Which is a good IPA. It's kind of an imperial IPA. That was quite tasty. This is nice to kind of take it down a notch, and that's quite tasty. I like it. Well, so how was my week? My keg, <laughs> I was going to say, let's get into how was your week. Beer, my keg of prettier fish blew mm. because Brian shorted me on my keg. <laughs> all right, so listen, here's the deal, all right? So when we do a 10-gallon batch uh, and we'll split it, you know, sometimes you have some losses from the fermenter or from, like, tastings. It's a thing. Um, and so typically I'll, I'll give Christy when I have two kegs, I'll fill one to five and I'll fill one with a balance. This was probably three, three and a half gallons or so full. And the last time you had prettier fish on tap, as I recall, we didn't drink it fast enough. Yes. And it ended up actually going, not, I want to say going bad, but it started to turn. Like it went kind of past its prime and we ended up having to, I don't think we drank the whole thing. We ended up dumping it. Did we? I think we did. What I, a shame. I pulled it. There was maybe a gallon left, I think. And so I ended up pulling it and dumping it. So in order to not waste beer, which is a sin correct yeah i agree we ended up but it, it it was weird i think the keg had a leak in it or something uh because it i think it evaporated it must be the dry climate we live in too maybe and i leave my doors and windows open so maybe that's it because i'm certainly not drinking. so a lot of people crawl in and help themselves because <laughs> your doors and windows are open it's no. like a thoroughfare <laughs> okay open bar it has been a little stressful lately with work. It's been super busy. I don't know if anyone, this was segueing into how my week has been going. Mm-hmm. Arizona in January and February is probably the craziest place to be. This year, mm-hmm. we have this, and we also have the waste management open. There's bare, They call it the WM open oh, now. Actually, sorry. I don't Rebranding. even know if we're allowed to say on this. Are we? Why not? Because it's like, so the big game is here. <laughs> The big oh the big game I'm sorry yeah. okay the big game the big game but um, then we have Barrett Jackson all these so it's just a crazy time and being in hospitality that's like it doesn't matter if you're near the event but we happen to be on the west side or it doesn't matter if you're you know miles away every hotel is going to be booked so yeah, the beginning of the year is always in, the first quarter is just insane so I don't know I definitely don't think I drank that much but I probably was drinking more this year than I was like <laughs> minus the whole thing where I was trying to be like all low carb and no one can blame you. But I haven't, I've also like, just, I don't drink as much like, I, my thing was always like, I'd like to have a glass of scotch at night, but I've had to kind of taper that back. Cause like, for some reason the next morning, I just feel like. Those were evaporating too. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like it, like it leaves me really foggy. Yeah. We're like. Slow. Beer. Oh, yeah, we're on fire today. <laughs> I'm blaming it on the hard alcohol, on the scotch. But with the beer, I feel energized, and I don't. I feel, like, more clear-headed yes. in the morning. No, it's definitely. And we start off the year, too, trying to, you know, drink a little bit less beer, get a little bit healthier. And, you know, I've been feeling really good. Like, my energy level's through the roof, so I'm doing ridiculous projects and things between bed and brewing and other stuff. 
um, you know, we're feeling a little bit better, but we do love the beer. We miss the beer, especially after doing some of the projects and stuff that I've been doing. The the building, I don't want to construction, but there's some minor framing going on. A lot of painting. Um, just it's nice to have a beer at the end of the day. It just, yeah. just it hits the spot. I think after the Super Bowl, though, I'm going to buy myself a bottle of scotch. And you should. Beer. Costco has those that has like two handles <laughs> and wheels. I might actually step it up this time and just treat myself to something better. It's like a roller just bag. So just, just get over. Yeah, take it. Once we get over the big game yes. and everything. The um, big game. But, no, I, I mean, going into, so that kind of segues into your week. How was your week? It was good. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Um, a good start to the year, frankly. Um, we've been talking with a number of people, uh, trying to get up, get up some business relationships and things going. Um, our YouTube channel, we're up to 488 subscribers, I think. 49. 49. So we're almost at 500. Uh, so it's, it's really started to take off. Um, we actually had a meeting this past week with, um, another YouTube channel that actually does more of the, the videography kind of things. And so that was kind of cool to talk to him. We may do some collaboration with that. Um, <clears throat> it was really nice, which I thought was kind of fun. Uh, we ended up meeting up at Fire and Fury Brewing, which is a newer brewery that opened up, um, and gosh, forgive me, guys, a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, two years, something like that. We hadn't been there before. Yeah. Um, and shame on us for that because I've seen him post on Facebook. The guy's super chill, Michael. Um, he's doing his brewing and he's throwing up a selfie and he's brewing. It's just, it's such a cool vibe. And we actually went to check it out and it is a very cool place. Um, it's a little, I don't want to say unassuming, maybe the right word. I don't know, but you walk up to it and you're like, okay, this is all right, fine. You walk in, you're like, whoa, it is a cool, very chill, very relaxed vibe. He was brewing that day and did a triple brew day, actually, so he was really tired, but he still took the time to talk to us. Well, and that was the first thing I said when we got out of the car was, like, you can smell the brewing. Mm -hmm. Like, you can smell the grain and the hops. You can smell the malt. You can smell the hops. Uh, And when you walk in, you can smell it. And not a lot of breweries do that anymore. Yeah. Um, I think Petal House down in in Tempe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They do that, um, although it wasn't quite as pleasant as actually going into the into the Fire and Fury, and it was good. And the two beers that we tried there, we didn't, you know, because we were at a kind of a, we'll call it a business meeting. Uh, we didn't go through a ton of their beers. We just tried two of them. Both of them were outstanding. Yeah. The IPA, well, because clearly I'm obsessed, apparently. You are. So you had you tried the IPA, and then for her second beer, she did the black IPA. Which was kind of more like a stout in my mind. It was really good, though. It was, yeah. I did, they had a California Common, so like an anchor team. That was solid, that was really too. Solid, that was yeah. really good. So props to them. But it was also cool because it was one of those breweries where it had a vibe to it. It wasn't your typical, which we have talked about in other podcasts. It wasn't just your typical, like, kind of industrial setting, which is fine, too. But this one had personality. A lot of personality, yeah. yeah. And I can't believe the system he brews on. That was, it's a one-barrel system, so... Um, I had asked him, I, I went up and talked to him and I'm like, this is a, this is a cool system, but you're brewing three times and it's an electric system. I'm like, it's not super huge. And you're filling this giant, like three barrel fermenter. How, how big is your system? One barrel. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, why did you go with a one barrel? Cause that's what he homebrewed on. That was his homebrew system. So, so he amazing. had this one barrel homebrew system in his garage, like five conical jacketed fermenters, probably all one barrel as well. Um, all stainless, all beautiful. 
I was shocked. I was like, listen, uh, Michael, don't take this the wrong way. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but seriously. Wow. What a yeah. system. It's just cool that, like, it shows you he was legitimately started from the garage or wherever he brewed, and he kept that equipment and yeah. And transition to the brewery. So I'm sure he's got some bigger systems coming, but that gets him off the ground and gets him rolling. So another place with very solid beers though. Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah. And and a and a smaller brewery and starting up and really the it was a good crowd in there, which I was happy to see. And as a bonus on the Friday night we were there, they had like a live music. One like one guy who was did. so bomb. He did the thing that Ed Sheeran does and a lot of local people do, but they record their tracks and then sing over it. Yeah, so he like plays like the, the, the bass a little bit and, and puts it on a loop track and then starts playing that and then plays the next thing and puts it on a loop track and plays it and layers it and then goes to town. And yeah. he was doing some grunge, some Pearl Jam, some... Oh my God, I, oh, hate to age, I hate to date us or age us, but that was like our era. I felt like I was brought back. I was like, okay, we, I suddenly like busted out like all oh, my old... Like, tried to download it was all my old really songs. really good yeah, like so it was a positive experience oh yeah no that was fun so we'll definitely have to check them out um and we're gonna talk to him too and see if maybe we could do i would love to interview him and get him on the podcast he's totally down like he's like absolutely i mean he he i told him i said hey you know we could do our podcast and in, in, in here if you know if you're okay with it be fine he's like yeah i'll put your table right here right next to the brewery he's like and i'll brew and then i'll come and i'll, I'll yeah. join and then i'll come and i'll do and, and i'm like Ugh. Yeah. Awesome. It was a really crazy start to the new year, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of it kind of happened by chance or fell into our lap. So, Yeah. yeah. No, it's been awesome. So we're going to continue to do that. On our last podcast, we talked about uh, beer fests, right, and how much <laughs> they've changed. And during the conversation, Christy convinced me that we should do the Arizona Beer Week, at least the kickoff, the Strong Beer Fest this year. So we are booked. We're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to video kind of the whole thing vlog style so you guys will get the experience that we're having. And so the good, bad, and the ugly. I think the funny thing is that we were sitting on it, though, because I didn't want to, like, force you to go. But at the same time, you were like, how how, how quickly did you buy those tickets after I gave you the go-ahead? Yeah. <laughs> it was like we, we, we talked about it on, I don't know, the week prior. And then we're like, let's wait a weekend or wait a, and then we'll talk about it next week. And so then Monday we're sitting there. Uh, and I'm like, all right, you know what? Screw it. Let's go ahead and do it. And that's fine. And then 15 seconds later, I get an email saying tickets are bought. I'm like, you bought those before I said, okay. You'll never know if I did or not. I won't. (laughs) But I am excited to do it, especially because prior to that, it was pre-COVID. This is now post-COVID. They finally posted the beer lineup. It's a huge beer lineup. So I'm excited to go. It's a new venue. And I just feel like if we're in the beer industry homebrewing whatever we need to be out there and supporting the kickoff to arizona beer week because mm-hmm. it is important sorry <laughs> it was a leaf on my cigar. that one got away from you yeah anyway um all right let's get into our topic of the day so the technical brewer versus the social brewer. And this is something that I've blogged about before. Um, I've talked about. And, and before we continue on, again, we're getting used to the background noise. So we're not in a studio environment today. Uh, you're going to hear some cars. You're going to hear some digging. You're going to hear some construction. So um, this is really how we're rolling right now. And it helps get me over the um, anxiety of having background noise because I prefer the total studio control of the sound. 
I got to let that go because we're doing this real. We're doing it raw. Brian is like your audio and lighting is. (laughs) That sounded really bad. We're doing it real. We're doing it live. To our viewers that don't have and listeners that don't have that type of mindset. I'm sure no one ever thought. Okay, good. No more doing it raw. All right. (laughs) But I do think that your thing is audio and lighting. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be fine. Yes. Well lit and well heard. Lit most of the time. <laughs> All right. So the technical brewer versus the, 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 the social brewer. So, you know, you look at the spectrum of brewers, and um, I consider myself to be one of the technical brewers where I really want to understand the nitty-gritty, how things operate, how things go, and I'm constantly trying to improve. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a serious thing. Um, I still have fun when I brew, but I'm really trying to dial in and fix every aspect of the brewing right mm-hmm. um then you have the social brewers who are out there um and they really don't go in the they don't approach the brew day as a plan of i'm going to brew beer on the extreme end their approach is more of i'm having a bunch of people over we're going to drink beer and oh yeah we'll be brewing beer as well so it's kind of a different aspect and not that one is right and one is wrong um, boy, a lot of traffic today. I knew you were going to notice I know, that. I know. You just got it. I can't help it. I will move on. I will let it go. I'll be like Elsa. Be like Elsa. And let it go. <laughs> so, I, 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 you know, I'm trying to, sorry, the motorcycle really threw me off. Um, you know, the techno versus social brewers. And so, like, you know, you, you, you kind of need the social brewers because they're fun and they help to introduce people into the hobby. Um, but, at the same time they can also ruin the hobby for people because i feel like they're teaching bad habits or the stuff that they're brewing which they think is the greatest in the world is infected or otherwise and we've had some pretty bad stuff at home brewer meetings um that was clearly suspect of infection and no one necessarily seemed to pick up on it because there's a lot of social brewers there which is fine if they're enjoying the hobby more power to them it just it really irks me with with some of that stuff yeah so okay as always it's there's always a counterpoint right so we know your stance on it right you like take walk us through a brew day what type of brewer are you you haven't seen one of our brew days yet but we're working on working on that yeah but explain your process uh okay so get everything kind of prepped Mm -hmm. weigh everything out to the ounce um, crush the grain. I'm preheating the water. Um, I get all the mineral additions for the water weighed out. I'm on the computer calculating out our strike temperature and like everything's planned out. The recipe's already been generated like the week prior to make sure I can get the ingredients that I need. Um, it, I don't know. It just seems like a typical brew day for me. Like I, I and as we're going through and brewing, um, so we're adding the ingredients and if we're, if we're adding something at a different time, like the hops, I'll make note of it for the next recipe. We're measuring the, the runoff of the mash as we're proceeding every couple of, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, not necessarily on a schedule, but we are measuring and we're tracking that and writing and seeing how we're doing. And then we're measuring the efficiency at the end. How did we do? Do we need to adjust the crush? Why wasn't it as efficient? Why was it overly efficient? Um, same with the boil that, I mean, all of that, just, I really track everything I can so that when we do strike on a, a recipe that is good, we can repeat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, because there's so many variables with it, that's important to me to do that because um, we're there to brew. 
I mean, we're still having fun. We're, there's people that come over. We have people that our neighbors come by. And um, when we have the tent up, like, oh, they're brewing. They'll come by. We'll have a couple pints. We'll talk to people. Um, but really, I'm really focused on the numbers and things with the brewing. And I enjoy that. Right. I understand that. I, I think that there's something to be said about that. I'm the same as you are. It's this, I think we can kind of equate it to cooking. You know what I mean? Like, so for me, I think that I understand your side of it too, because I am that cook that like measures everything out, which I, I mean, I can, I do take liberties with recipes and I'm starting to a lot more, but I am typically one of those people that measures things out. If I taste it after and it doesn't taste exactly what I want, then I will go and add in stuff. But for the most part, I am like, let's start out with measuring and let's start out with, you know. Um, um, but I do, I do feel like, for me, I am a technical cook. So I do believe in measuring things out like you do with brewing. But that being said, how many chefs, do you, how many brewers have you heard of or how many chefs do you know of that aren't like that? They're not technical and they... They just add in what they want. Are you missing out on a whole different... Are you missing out on a lot that you wouldn't get? Because if everyone just follows the same recipe then and measures things out all the time, are you losing out on creativity? Well, I think there's a, there's a range, really. <clears throat> so one of the people that I used, to, that I used in the, the prior life, knew in a prior life, uh, that would brew... Um, he basically would throw, he would kind of plan his brew ale and I'm going to do a, a brown ale. So he kind of does his brew sheet, goes to the brew store, gets his stuff. And then in the middle of brewing, inspiration, we'll call it, would strike. And then he'd go to his kitchen and grab half a pound of brown sugar Ooh, okay. plus some honey, uh, you know, plus some raisins. Plus some, and just start throwing stuff into the boil kettle with all this stuff. And so his beer, um, kind of morphed from the brown ale to some sort of a spiced Frankenstein of a beer, um, which were never very good, actually. I think uh, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I think one of the ones that I had from him that he actually gave to me, they, they came in uh, Dos Equis bottles. Ooh. The green Dos Equis bottles still have the labels on them. Um, and it was so badly infected. It was like, it was like a bandaid. I mean, it was, I had to dump it. Like I opened it, it gushed. I tasted it ah, medicinal and it was, I had to drain pour it. But outside of the obvious infection or sanitation issues, if, okay. His beer was, it was too dry because he put so much sugar and simple sugar in it that it would ferment out because he was trying to boost the alcohol. It didn't have the balance of the body, and he didn't really understand why these came out so dry. So, so you're Because he didn't understand the, the, the nuance of it. I mean, I'm okay with someone being creative and being like, you know what, like, like a, a good chef can throw whatever they want, and it, it comes out absolutely fantastic. The ones that really aren't, you know, doing their beer any justice because they're just throwing whatever they can in there, and then brewing this thing that yeah, kind of gives homebrew a bad name because they're handing it out to their neighbors. And like, oh, it's homebrew? Oh, God, I'm not going to drink homebrew again. Like, that's it. It, it kind of destroys it for, for the, the common folk and doesn't really help promote the hobby because then homebrewers are looked upon as, I don't know, moonshiners or something, yeah. which already has a bad rap. Right. You know? But I think that, like, 
I can see both sides of it. Like I said, I like the fact that when we brew beer, we know it's going to come out because we measure everything out. And for the most part, it does. But at the same time... But not always. I mean, we still have issues and things with it, but we're able to at least figure out why and we fix it the next time. Can, but that's not to say that some... I feel like they need. I feel like you need to follow like certain rules in general, like sanitation and yes. all that. But at the same time, people can be creative with their recipes. But I think what do you? There's fi- nothing wrong with creativity. Okay, here's a good analogy. Okay, it just it came to me like a like inspiration from a higher power. <laughs> Let's say you're an architect, but you're a very creative architect. And so you design these buildings that look really, really cool, but structurally they fall apart. Well, there's there's your creative, your social brewer. They're more concerned with the looks and the aesthetic and the people having a good time versus the building that they're actually building. Now, you can have a very talented architect, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, right? Beautiful, amazing buildings, structurally, engineering-wise, spot on. Mm -hmm. So you can have both. But it's the ones that really have, and I don't want to say no business brewing beer, because everyone should brew beer. I don't want to be a snob, but like at least learn to, to, to better the hobby. If you're a baker and you're a shit baker and you're passing out your muffins to the neighborhood because you're throwing all kinds of interesting things in there, just because you're creative doesn't mean you're making good cookies. But... Are you, do you really think that when, let's say, okay, for instance, we're very technical. We're both very, I feel like, technical people. You more than me, for sure. But I, you know me when I cook, too. Like, I do everything. Yeah. Uh, So when, (laughs) so on brew days, when I come over and we're weighing out, which I do, because I'm also the same way, weigh everything out to the ounce or... When you're dealing with hops, weigh it out to the point two three ounces. Versus, let's say it's like we still weigh our hops even if the package says one ounce. Yes, and that's because we've been burned by a homebrew store before, right. where they shorted our ounces of hops. But do you think that it really makes a difference? Let's say because we've encountered this before, where the brewer is just like. Let's just, we're not going to weigh it. It says one ounce, we're going to just throw it in. Or we're going to, you know what, 1.5, it's good enough. Yeah. Do you think that's going to make such a big difference on the beer if it's not exact? No, for that, I think that that's okay because they're there, they're brewing beer. As long as they're following, like you said, the good practice of sanitation and, and taking care of the product, taking care of their yeast, that that's okay. They won't be able to brew the beer again because they're not tracking it, but who cares? A lot right. of them are just kind of a one and done. They want to brew the one. They want to have the beer. They brew it. This came out great. Okay, what's the next thing we're going to brew? They're not looking for consistency. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. I feel because they're still making good beer. They're still following good practice. They still have good knowledge and understanding of the impact. They won't be able to recreate it because they're not, you know, taking notes or anal retentive or whatever with the stuff. But the beer they make is good. And we've been to home club, brew club meetings where we've sampled beer from people. They're like, wow, this is really, really good. And it was just a spur of the moment. They did it. It came out really great. They have good brewing processes. They take care of their yeast. They they have a good system. And so they make a great beer. They can't recreate it. Yeah, who cares? That's a fun experiment. That's okay. Yeah. It's, it's 
what irks me is the ones that throw all this stuff in the in the weirdness and they don't have the good process or the and it's just ah it's like it wants to become beer it's been happening for so many thousands of years that this process wants to become beer so it's kind of hard to really screw it up unless you go out of your way to be too creative and screw it up and you know what that's fine for people that are drinking their own Swill is too strong of a word. They're drinking their own uh, fermented beverages, and they want to put, you know, a little bit of kimchi in their chocolate porter, whatever. Um, Fire, and they're enjoying yeah. it, and they're loving it, absolutely, you know, and, and that's okay. Actually, that just brought up a good point for me. So, and I think when we first started talking about this topic, I think I was thinking more, you were thinking more of technical meaning, like everything needs to be weighed out to the ounce or whatever. But now you're giving me a big picture. It's more of the processes. Well, you're right. Because you have to have a technical understanding, not that you have to understand why oxygen is important for the yeast because it is, impacts their growth phase. and You don't have to understand that. You have to understand oxygen is important, period. I don't want to know why. That's fine. You don't need to know why, but you need to know why it's important. You need to understand why sanitation is important. If you're baking bread, you're not going to skip the leaven step or you're not going to let it skip the rising because then you're not going to have bread. Uh, What a good example. You got a baker who's making bread that's not doing the rise step, right? Like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. It's not bread. Right. Stop it. So I get that. But I think it brings up a good point because um, one, of our, one of our favorite breweries, one of mine for, for sure is Firestone Walker, but their division is Barrel Works that does a lot of like sours and stuff. And they're amazing. But the one of the brewers for that, and I follow him on Insta, is like handles like Sour Jim, but he's like their brewer and he comes up with a lot of the sours and stuff. But he also has Jimchi, which is like his version of kimchi. And he's brewed with that. But he might not be technical as what he's throwing into the beer but i'm for damn sure certain he's following the steps of brewing a beer right like yes so yes it's not like you can be a mad scientist but you still got to follow some rules yeah, yeah. and again if, if they're handing it out to to or just drinking it themselves and they're not kind of spreading it out fine enjoy your own stuff there's there's nothing wrong with that um, I think when I see brewers that are not qualified teaching other brewers, mm. and so they're in that position of authority, and they're you know they're more concerned with being the center of the show. I'm having a brew day because I'm a brewer, and let's have people over, and I'm going to show you how to do this. And you know, people come over and they have the impression that oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Let me try his beer. Oh God, I'm not even going to go in there. I'm not even going to try it. I'm not going to start the hobby. I'm not going to do any of that. Or if they're in a position where they, you know, have influence on other brewers that they don't know what they're doing and they're teaching bad habits because they don't believe that, well, that's not true. And that's not to say that we have the right answer or that we do everything correctly, but I'd say we're like 85, 90% pretty right on a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. versus, you know, those that are just winging it and passing on bad information to other brewers and, and really not denigrating, giving homebrewers a bad name. I agree. I think that when I heard technical, I thought you meant like technical to the point of like, but there's processes in place that you need to follow. That you need to follow, that, right. that are important. The Charlie Perpazian book, as we rule reference again this week, because I feel like every week I just need to mention this book because it makes like it sound like I've... Are you going to finish the 
book? No, nope, I, I am, but is I also, it? okay. it's really like, to be fair, a great coffee table book. So it looks like. So you put your coffee on it? No, but I like to put it on my coffee table because when people come over, they're like, oh my God, you have this, you brew. Not that I, I actually don't have anyone at my place ever. So, but in the, if the, if the opportunity existed, it would be a good co- talking point. Like, you know, like it's like coffee table books like oh that's interesting that's why i keep a cowboy hat and a rope in my garage so people come by and they're like oh you rustle cattle yeah it's no big deal i just you know i just it's a couple it's a couple head of cattle you don't even need that brian doesn't need that because he's got like all of his (laughs) other things that are impressive that doesn't need like chickens or whatever whatever stop kissing my ass whatever but that being said <laughs> yes you'll get it back but i kind of like the way it looks on my coffee table thank you very much it does look nice that's true but at least you have one book out at your place uh no i have two i've got that and then on the, the bottom digest on the bottom <laughs> i still love reader's digest but on the bottom it's a it's a two-tiered like glass coffee table so i've got that on top and then on the bottom i Is have it cats of new york yes oh. cat yes cats of new york it is it's a it's a read. It's really all pictures. But... I was gonna say I don't think it's a read. And then it's That's like a, uh, my other book. one is, um, like a photo book of like breakfast. It's like a Audrey Hepburn one or like pop culture. It's a pop Ooh, that culture one. Is one. Good. Yes, yes, I do enjoy that. One. Well, it actually the pop culture one like ages me because I'm like, oh my god, like it doesn't go past like 2000, and like I remember all the other stuff. So that was way too long ago. <sighs> doesn't feel like it. But it was, that being anyway. said. Yes. He wrote that book because he wanted to give people a baseline on how to brew. And Charlie Papazian, of all the people that have really influenced home brewing, I he is a somewhat technical brewer, like but but not to the point of like a John Palmer or a uh, Jamil Zanishev, where they know the technical da, 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 right. He those guys are, having fun. Those guys are crazy mm-hmm. smart. Charlie Papazian is technical from the standpoint of he knows what makes good beer, but he doesn't stress about it, and that's okay. And so that's what makes him a good brewer, and so he can do it, he can have fun, he can make really good beer. That's the thing that's missing with some of the really social brewers where it's more about the party and getting absolutely smashed versus actually making quality beer or good beer that people can enjoy. Yeah, but I feel like just like content creation in a way – there's going to be the people that start channels, but they might last for like a few months. They might last for like a year even. But for the most part, if you're not in it, it's it's a grind. It's We enjoy it, but it takes people that are very like able to set their own schedules and like and stay on track and come up with ideas and a lot of people won't fall through. It's the same thing with those types of homebrewers though, right? Like if you're just trying to get smashed, there's going to be a point where you're just like, screw it. Like I could just go to the store and get beer. I think it's a novelty for them, but I don't think they're going to stick with it. Yeah, no, I, I, you make a good point because a lot of people that love the idea, the, the, I guess there's a bit of romanticism with it as far as making your own beer and being able to craft this gold beverage that it, everybody enjoys and everybody loves and everyone wants to buy. Like there's, there's a romanticism to that that isn't quite the reality. And so once that reality kind of sets in, it's hard. It's a lot of work and it is very challenging to do. But if you're disciplined enough and you, you understand the basics, you can continue to do it and get kind of a 
there's a sense of accomplishment with it, especially when you nail that that beer that is just like, oh, that was rewarding. It's kind of like awesome. my beef Wellington every year. Like if I nail that, then I'm like, but I feel like, yeah. but the difference is there are so many YouTube channels or so many people that cook or after the new year, everyone's like, I'm going to cook and be healthy and not eat out. Like, but then there are people like me who like, I don't ever, I like, I genuinely love to cook. So like I, it doesn't, I don't just drop off of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm not just going to give up. Like yeah. I, I, I never go out to eat because of cost and just because I know that it's a better value to cook your own meals at home and you get the satisfaction of doing that well and feeding other people. But like same thing with brewing, like cost wise, it is more effective to brew if you do it right. Yes and no. And maybe we'll do an episode on that for the podcast. Okay. Uh, because when I first started doing it, there was definitely some some serious cost savings when you look at the craft beer, and especially the stuff that was available that was truly craft. Very expensive to buy a six pack of it, and so getting the ingredients and making your own beer, yes, it was definitely cheaper. Once you look at getting into the hobby to the ridiculous point that we do, is it a savings? <gasps> no, it's not. I don't want to say too much yet, but we have a segment coming up soon, maybe the um small yes so maybe we can touch on that Ooh, that's a good point with that segment yes and see because we're trying to do oh god i don't want to give it way too much we should offline this we should offline it but that's a great idea i like that little teaser sorry we can't talk about it yet. we have a new segment coming up it is coming this year which we're super excited about (laughs) yes you know, because we, we have been ramping up what we're putting out there because we're getting uh, more comfortable and, and we're loving the stuff that we're doing and we're having an impact. And so there's a new segment coming we're super excited about. Uh, it will give Christy the opportunity to be on stage. Front and <laughs> I am not going to do the impression because I don't want to get banned. But mm-hmm. yeah, that is a good point. I love it. All right. Yeah. So technical versus social brewer, uh, you know, and, and I don't mean to sound like a dick about it, but just some of that really irritates me. And and we need more people in the hobby. We need more people to appreciate it. And you need to remember the technical brewer can be a social brewer. The technical oh, brewer is a social brewer because... Not always, no. I don't like people. But... And usually do... when I'm brewing, I'm like, I don't want a ton of people over on brewing because I want to focus on what I'm doing. Now, once we get to the end and we're like cooling stuff down or at least doing hop additions, I'm like, okay, we're cool. Now I don't have to be like nose But to the you grindstone. do like the idea of being able to share your brew. Oh, absolutely. And have people come over and try it. So and... that to me is equates to a social brewer. It's not like you're just brewing for yourself. You know what I mean? But if nobody came over, I would still brew. Versus the people that if nobody came over, they'd stop brewing. Okay, same because way. it's more about being on being on stage. There it versus, is. Versus, yeah, I'm still not going to do it. That yeah. Anyways, but, you know, being the center of attention and being the brewer versus actually socializing and, and talking. It's the to same people. as it's, me with cooking. Like yeah. I, I don't want people in the kitchen really, and I still cook for myself every night. I don't have people to cook for, but I still do it every night. You don't night. have people cook for you. <laughs> I don't have people to cook. For, oh, okay. All right. Uh, but I still do it every night because I enjoy it. So it's not about social. So I get that. Yeah. But All right. Well, this was fun. I appreciate relaxing, Christy. Thank I thank you. you. Thank you. And I apologize. I think I was like a little bit confused by the topic, but you're right. I do believe that processes need to be in place. 
it definitely helps in the final product and the beers and people yeah. kind of understand that. And so, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I need I d- to really put this out because I've I doubt st- it. I'm like smoking this like. <laughs> you want a roach clip? For I know. That thing? I feel like I, that's how I know that we've been on too long. I'm like oh, trying sorry. to milk this. For out. those of you on the audio, uh, which is everybody, uh, it's n- it is a cigar. She's doing a, a cigarello. It's a cigarello. It is, yes, it is not anything else. No, it's definitely. It's, it's definitely very blunt. Uh, but it is a cigar. It has the what is? That's an Arturo Fuente. Yeah, it has the. It's a Fuente. Yeah, it oh, has the label on it. Those so little ones good. are good. We had one the other day. I wish I could remember what those were. It was a Fuente as well, but obviously a bigger ring gauge, a little bit long, longer than that. Oh, delicious! So good. Except you didn't warn me that well, like Christy <laughs> discovered that with some cigars, it really helps you relax for a little bit, and then it hits your brain, and then you can't sleep. I was. I woke up and I'm like. What is going on? <laughs> I have all these ideas and thoughts and things, and I can't sleep. And I want to sleep, but I can't sleep. I don't know. I should describe something. I don't know. Ah. So it was fun, but it was good. So more to come. We've got some exciting stuff coming in the works. We can't talk about all of it yet, yeah. but we're excited to have the local community starting to reach out to us and talk to us. We're going to do some live stuff, hopefully, at some of these local brewers. It'd be great to get out in the community like we're wanting to do. Uh, and I'm excited for what's coming up next. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Yeah. We always have fun when we do this. Christy, thank you again for being here. Oh, my gosh. It's always fun. Oh, this was a this was a fun day. <laughs> Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast. Check out our YouTube uh, channel. <laughs> wow. Check out our YouTube channel, benhambrewing.com slash benhambrewing, or just search for benhambrewing because that's easier, even though I always quote the website address. I don't know why I do that. In any event, guys, thank you so much. Catch you later, my friends. <laughs>